to the Odd Sisters podcast. I'm Marcy. I'm Allison. I'm Julia. There's a little bit of suspense there. Yeah. <laughs> thought you were going to be somebody else today. <laughs> I'm O'Flanagan. <laughs> I don't know. Last name only. <laughs> I'd do it. I changed my last name pretty recently, so I'm still <laughs> navigating that. Sometimes I go to write it and I'm like, uh, that's not my name anymore. It's yeah. weird. It is weird. You don't think about that. No. I still think you should have gone with Thunder Punch. But no. Yeah. Mrs. and Mrs. Thunder Punch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a show. It's a comic book. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yes. Might and be an anime. live with regret for both of you. <laughs> it's definitely an anime. Yeah. For sure. There's a talking animal in there, too. Yeah. Who is your pet? Um, cat. Talking cat. No. No. It's no. going to be something weird be like, like a, a raccoon. raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, uh, ch- who said chinchilla? I, did. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. It's kind of weird. I said raccoon. So I started telling you last week that I'm no longer scared of mice. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm okay with them. I've made friends with the one that lives in the mice, hallway. not rats. Not rats. Rats mm. can go fuck themselves. <laughs> They're so gross. There's a lot, especially there in East work. Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, they're disgusting. <laughs> anyway, I'm not scared of mice anymore. I don't think I'd hold one, but I've not been like freaking out every time I see them. That's good. It's a progress. Mm-hmm. You probably don't want to hold that mouse. It's probably pretty dirty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in they're a building. Clean. They, they're they pretty clean, clean themselves actually. really well. Yeah. He seems to have a good life down in that hallway. So he looks really fluffy. Like he looks really soft. What hallway are we talking about? In my work. I didn't say that to you. There's a mouse that lives in the basement by my staff room. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And then I talked to that guy when I was trying to talk to the mouse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming downstairs. Okay. (laughs) You do you. you. (laughs) It's it's less weird that you were just, that you were talking to him than talking to the mouse. (laughs) So I just roll with it. Be like, yes. I just like to let people know what I'm doing. It's not less weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I hope I never see him again. <laughs> the mouse? <laughs> the man. I feel like things are awkward between me and the mouse now. <laughs> I know where your alliances are. <laughs> You're more concerned about what animals think of you <laughs> than people. Like, man, I hope that mouse still likes me. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Yep. It's a good mouse. I'm going to give it a name. Well, Fightful, obviously. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Elsa, can you just do your episode? (laughs) This is out of control. What are we talking about? I'm crying. <laughs> We're going to continue talking about ghosts. Okay. okay. We're going to have another ghosty episode. <laughs> another Canadian-based Ooh. episode. 
tell you four things. You're like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I hit, literally I crying. hit you close to home for just. I like animals. I know you, you do. do. That's fine. <laughs> We're not questioning it. Yeah. I'm happy that I like the mouse. I <laughs> thought it was, thought it was good. Progress. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Canadian ghost stories. Canadian ghosts. So we're going to talk about a <laughs> one. It's one haunted location Okay. that we're going to talk about. I got sort of a bonus ghost thing, too, if it doesn't go too long that I don't know. If it's Anyway, we'll <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> so when I first started writing this, I, was, I fell into a loophole. I wanted to kind of talk about the area that this building is in and then there's way too much history it Uh just spiraled out of control Uh to the point where i like had six pages that had nothing to do with anything that is a spiral i I renamed that document something else and then started again (laughs) for later this is something but yeah it was crazy uh so we're gonna talk about uh the province in canada called nova scotia and i just want to say that i did i I genuinely thought about writing about like you know the indigenous people that lived there and the beginnings of the colonization and all that sort of stuff but again it was its own episode yes. and by the time I was like this is its own thing I was only in like the 1600s Whoa. so yeah it was crazy okay um but it does have a really long history and I will say that indigenous people there's evidence of them being there as early as like 9000 BCE mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A long time. long time. I mean, it's a great spot. It's very um, similar. I find when I'm in Halifax, it really does remind me of Vancouver in a way, like that port city, Mm. like right on the water. Mm -hmm. It has a good like cove to it. So it would have been really protected. Like it's a very Mm -hmm. good spot for people to inhabit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially in early days. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a thing where people thought that the ice, it would have been way too icy in 9000 BCE. But there's like tools and stone shaving. So they definitely were there and were like, this is where we live and we make our tools here at least by 9000 BC. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. That's I mean, cool. there's people in the north. People adapt, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah. there's um, snow there. There's ice yeah. there. Yeah. So uh, for anyone that doesn't know anything about Canada, if you listen to our episode on the Northwest Passage, mm-hmm. we talk about like the first kind of explorers that came to that area. Cal- Keltier is the, the first one who thought the Northwest Passage was up the St. Lawrence River <laughs> and Whoops. was like trying to get up there uh, where he erected that giant like cross thing. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is belongs to France now. And the Micmac people were like, what the fuck just oh, yeah. happened? Um, <laughs> Excuse <that's>, you? <laughs> yeah, that's Hello. right near Nova Scotia. So this oh, is okay. that area. It's like the first area that Europeans showed up mm. in. It's the first area that they started like putting up crosses, crosses, <laughs> building settlements. Mm-hmm. So it's like a crazy, crazy long history. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you get into like the wars that happened. So like there's the big like we just mentioned our last week's episode. We talked about the seven year war with Plains of Abraham, mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of battles between yeah. the French and the British. There was a whole bunch of battles between uh, Canada and America. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was a huge heart, like Halifax was a harbor almost immediately. There was like a British military base there. So they were involved in the American Revolutionary War. They were involved in the War of 1812. Mm. They were even involved in the, uh, the American Civil War and the Napoleonic Wars. Like it just goes crazy like have you been to halifax i've never been there Mm. i really want to go but i haven't been either yeah 
And then the Wikipedia page for the history goes into the whole golden age of sailing, which we talked about in our Mary Celeste yep. episode. Mm-hmm. Like, right, there's right, so right. much freaking history. Oh, my God. Yeah, we talked about that a lot with the different towns that were known for shipbuilding. Yeah. And it's oh, crazy. Yeah. It's amazing, like, when you grow up in BC, like, it's so, like, this building was built in 1901. You're like, wow. And then you look at something like Halifax, and it's, like, yeah. forever and forever ever old. and ever and yeah. ever and ever. All right. So... We're going to jump ahead to the 1800s. (laughs) The city of Halifax was going through a population boom at this time. Uh, The city was growing and developing really, really quickly. quickly. We're like leading up to like industrial revolution time. Um, And the people living there soon realized that they needed a school. Um, Quote, the good parishioners of St. Paul's Church of England took on that responsibility and in 1817 began construction on a schoolhouse, which officially opened its doors in 1818. (laughs) Um, this is a quote. It's Uh-oh. referred to people as Haligonians. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Citizens of Halifax are Haligonians. <laughs> huh. Oh, no. That's First time nice. I heard it. <laughs> a, got a pretty good ring to it. Uh, it was important to the Haligonians that the school be available to all the local children, including poor. And thus, this became the first national school in Canada, the first, like, public school. Like, it wasn't. You didn't have to pay a tuition oh. to get in there. All okay. kids could come good and job. learn Haligonians. So. Um, as the city continued to grow more into the industrial age and all this sort of stuff, um, the schoolhouse that they built was not able to facilitate the number of children now in the city and the number of people needing an education. So eventually they built another college nearby, I think like across the street. And they closed down the schoolhouse. All the kids go to Dal- Dalhousie College, Dalhousie, 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 Dalhousie yeah. which is still operating yeah. today. So the old schoolhouse was converted into the Halifax Victorian School of Art. Um, and the original person that kind of opened it and moved it into that building was Anna Lee- Anna Leon Owens. Before coming to Halifax, this is just a sidebar, uh, Anna was the governess to the children of the King of Siam and would later write a book about her experiences called Anna and the King of Siam, which would ah. eventually be turned into the musical and the movies, The King and I. All that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, <Wow>. just <laughs> okay. random fact. There we go. Interesting. <laughs> that has nothing same, to do with anything. Same Anna. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Um, so, in 1890, the art school like had the same thing. They're like more students were coming to the art school. It was getting more famous. It was known like around the world, um, and so they moved again into a bigger building. And the old schoolhouse was bought by a man named John Snow. <laughs> which is just you can't say Jon Snow without thinking of Jon Snow you know nothing but um, <laughs> he turned the building into Jon Snow and Co. funeral home Jon Snow and Co. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's a funeral home so, oh. go. so uh, the RMS Titanic was the second of three Olympic class ocean liners built by White Star Liners the first was the RMS Olympic and the third was the HMS HMHS Britannic. Mm-hmm. So both the Titanic, the Titanic and the Olympic are like identical. And if you look up pictures of the Titanic, if you're not seeing like the exterior, like the shots of it docked in England or the, shot, the photos of it at the bottom of the ocean, all the interior shots are actually <laughs> the Olympic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Beginning and the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like all of it. But there's like pictures of like what the staircase looked like yeah. and what the radio room looked like. Those are actually pictures of the Olympic, not the oh. Titanic. Because but after, they look the exact same. They look the exact same. 
Um, oh. And they're the same length and everything. So both the Titanic and the Olympic were 882 feet and nine inches long. I went to an exhibit at the Luxor in Vegas and it was the Titanic exhibit and they had a bunch of like stuff from the Titanic that had been dragged up but then they had a bunch of recreations like they had the staircase recreated um, and you could do like photo ops (laughs) on it and they had no they had the bow of the I didn't go in I just went to the gift shop (laughs) (laughs) but they had pictures of what the exhibit was and they had the front of the boat so you could do like a the Jack and Rose Rose. King of the World yeah that's Fabio or whatever his name is Fabrizio. Fabio. Fabio. <laughs> Fabio. <laughs> hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be so much better. He's just holding Leo. Like his <laughs> with his shirt open. <laughs> I'm sure that's from a cover. He used to do the romance covers. I'm sure yeah. you can find something like him as a pirate on the bow of a boat. <laughs> So, um, sorry. So, lengthwise, both these ships are 882 feet and nine inches, or 269.06 <laughs> meters. This is a freaking long, long, long boat. Yeah. The maximum, um, like width of it at its like widest point would mm-hmm. have been 92 feet six inches, and the height from like where the the captain's like quarters was mm-hmm. at the very top all the way down to the bottom of the boat was 104 <laughs> feet. Ooh, it gave me the shivers for some it's reason. It's so big. Like it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I had in here. <laughs> I don't like big I had in here how big the rudder was, and I took it out because it made me uncomfortable. The Oh. I had, like, the statistics no. on, like, how big the rudder was, and I removed it. Oh, there's a photo I have to show you guys, then, of, like, um, people standing next to, like, really big boat chains. No. Nope. No, I'm okay with that. I watched Castaway the other night, and there's the scene where you like the boat drives past him when he's gonna get rescued, and I had to like close my eyes. Like I didn't. They're big. Like it. It's scary. <laughs> it's really scary. What? Um, it both ships had. <laughs> I just like don't understand. <laughs> it I makes don't me know. really it uncomfortable. Makes me really uncomfortable. Oh. It's too big. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because a lot of those big like shipping ones like ship like multiple 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 yeah, like yeah. cars and yeah. shit like that and they it's like we fit in a car so quality of it yeah. but like no i don't like it either. i don't want to see it <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to know i just don't <laughs> like it they're out there it's fine i just don't want to see them <laughs> i definitely um, don't want to go anywhere near it yeah so the rms olympic registered at forty-five thousand three hundred and twenty-four tons and it made its main maiden voyage on june 14th in 1911 um, at the time that it set out for its maiden voyage, it was the biggest ocean liner in the world. Yeah. It was the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on her fifth voyage, so maiden voyage for the Olympic, A-OK. Fifth voyage for the Olympic, uh, it's sailing down the strait that's between the Isle of Wight and Great Britain, and it collided with another ship called the HMS Hawk. Um, basically what happened is they're both going parallel to each other, and then the Olympic went to, like, turn and the captain of the Hawk didn't understand how freaking big this boat was. Again, biggest boat in the world. And so the radius of it turning meant the back of the boat just slammed into the Hawk. Butted it. <laughs> yeah. And the Hawk is a cruiser. So it has a, a bow that is designed for ramming into other ships. And so it just immediately tore two giant holes in the Olympic. Uh, thankfully, no one was injured at all. No one was severely injured. No one died. Both boats. The, the Hawk almost capsized, but both boats managed to get back to port and get everyone off of them scary (laughs) but terrifying Mm -hmm. and like you would like 
if there's hasn't been an ocean liner as big as this one at the time, like how do you prepare for that boat suddenly being like, I'm going starboard? <laughs> like, Why would you be that close together? They're, but they're going down a street, so there's there's only. <laughs> it's just like you're playing with fire. Like <laughs> they must have yeah. thought they were going to turn or something. I don't know what was happening. Oh my god. Um. So the RMS Titanic sent out for her maiden voyage on April 10th, 1912. Um, as this was the second ship that Ocean Line or the White o- White Star Liners, whatever it was, um, the second ship that they put out, they when they were sailing the Olympic, they realized there was a couple extra features they would rather have on the Titanic, like mm-hmm. some extra railings and stuff like that. Um, so these extra features meant that the Titanic clocked in at 46,328 tons. So as soon as the Titanic set sail, it was the biggest ship in the world because it weighs almost a thousand tons more than the olympic wow yeah (laughs) big ship um the titanic displaced so much water when it took off on its like voyage that it almost sunk another ocean liner that was docked (laughs) nearby it like this huge wave came out and the ship went like all the way up and then came slamming back down as the wave went underneath it and the mooring cable snapped and it started like spinning (laughs) and a bunch of tugboats rushed in and saved it but it almost like the second it left the dock it almost had a head-on collision with another boat jesus christ which is a good sign right (laughs) so anyway uh we're not really gonna talk about the titanic yeah sinking too much because everyone's probably seen the freaking titanic movie and it does a pretty good job i wasn't allowed to watch the second vhs so (laughs) (laughs) i actually don't know how it ends I'm assuming they made it all out okay. You can watch it later. <laughs> you're an adult now. Yeah, you can do well, whatever you want. Well past the point of Oh permission. no, I just never had any interest. I only wanted to watch it because I wasn't allowed to watch it. No, there you you go. know what I mean? Like Yeah, now it's like Now it's yeah. like I really don't care. And I'm pretty sure I have seen it all now, but <laughs> at the time when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous Um, (laughs) so for those of you who are young listening to this um the vhs's are (laughs) shut up (laughs) no but they could only fit because it was such a long movie they had to put it onto two separate ones yeah it was that and the sound of music yeah those were my two experiences with multiple vhs's sound of music was two vhs's Mm mm-hmm Okay, so Titanic is sailing <laughs> through the Atlantic. And gone um, with the wind. The The sinking of the Titanic is, I mean, I think it's a little bit, you you know, you get that whole, like, the unsinkable ship and the people thought it was unsinkable. I don't think that's actually true. I think that is afterwards, <laughs> I think you shouldn't too. go tossing that around because yeah. obviously it doesn't I, pan I out well. I think that's, like, an afterwards, like, newspaper word that they threw out to yeah. kind of, like, you know, add so, tragedy to the tragedy. Here, here's a hot take. Everyone makes every boat to be unsinkable. <laughs> <laughs> the intention is that they all don't sink. Right? <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> I um, know. And it's interesting because like the thing that does it is the the hull walls not being tall enough. And if you were building a ship that you were like, this is unsinkable, then why would you make such a huge mistake? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, like it's... Yeah. And the other thing was that the... The ice that w- they encountered, that was the worst the ice has be- had been in 50 years. So theoretically, these people are sailing back and forth between New York and England. 
and the ice has never ever been this bad mm-hmm. so they did get like warnings on the f- the 14th they start to get warnings that there's a lot of ice floating around but there's always ice floating around yeah so i don't mm-hmm. think they just they just didn't understand the level of how bad it was yeah, yeah. and they were going way too fast as well <laughs> because they freaking sail it all the time and they were just they were Full steam ahead. We got to you know. make New York in this amount of time. Yeah. Like, people aren't going to want to sail this again. Yeah. So there, it, there wasn't that they thought their boat was unsinkable, but there was that kind of like ego of like we sail it all the time, and this is how fast we go, and mm-hmm. this is the path and the direction we go. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway. on April fourteenth, nineteen twelve, in the afternoon, passengers start to see the ice hanging around. They get the radio signals that there's a bunch of ice from like I think six different boats in the area. We're like, guys, there's a lot of ice. Watch out. Um, they just keep going ahead. And then at 11.30 p.m., they enter this area just off the Atlantic coast, like off New York, af- off where like Newfoundland is and stuff. That's called Iceberg Alley. Mm-hmm. Great name. <laughs> um, they don't decrease their speed. They just keep <laughs> going straight ahead. Uh, nine minutes later, the crew spot an iceberg directly in front of them. Like they are heading headfirst into this iceberg. Um they try to do this maneuver, but it's called hard a port around the iceberg, where they're basically going to like go towards the iceberg, swing the yeah the bow, the bow one way, then reverse and swing, and then go like <laughs> they're basically gonna like flip the boat. Yeah, around. they were gonna like do like a quick like this kind yeah. of thing. Like, but the Titanic was not capable of doing that maneuver. It also is such a huge boat, and it literally I think they show it in the movie too. When they do try to do the reverse, everything stops and then has thirty seconds before it starts up in the opposite mm-hmm. direction again. Oh, so they tried to do something that probably would have worked with the smaller ship, but with the ship that they had again the olympic that had that whole thing with the hawk where the radius of it was just like big booty too much for anyone to handle big booty so they try to avoid the iceberg (laughs) so they enter hair (laughs) no jesus (laughs) they they enter iceberg alley at 11 30 p.m they see the iceberg at 11 39 by 11 40 they the back of the ship has collided with the iceberg yes um there's a really good picture i guess we can try and post it where the iceberg's here and the literally the front of the boat goes one way and then the back of the boat comes and goes the opposite way like just slides all along the iceberg yeesh there's a picture online of the iceberg well supposed to be the iceberg they said there was a big streak of red paint along the waterline of it where it would have hit the titanic Mm. and it looks pretty freaking big and obviously that's just the top of it and no don't even (laughs) if you know anything about icebergs 90 percent of it is below the water so yeah it's pretty and that's just the tip of the iceberg (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) so hits the iceberg at 11 40 Again, if you want to watch the second VHS of the Titanic, <laughs> it's pretty accurate to how fast the ship they keep showing you Leonardo DiCaprio in between there. But if you just ignore all that, but it's actually pretty accurate to how the Titanic went down. Uh, but by 2.24 a.m., the RMS Titanic was at the bottom of the ocean. Wait, so sorry. Fast. 11. 11.40, they hit the iceberg. 2.24 a.m., it's at the bottom of the ocean. So the passengers from when they started... It felt longer in the movie. It does. When they finally... (laughs) It um, feels like forever. When they finally decided to like start loading up the lifeboats, I think they had two and a half hours before it was gone. Like, And Mm. again, I don't know. They just, they didn't have enough lifeboats. 
But that was really standard at the time. It wasn't like the Titanic was just like, we're unsinkable. We don't need lifeboats. Um, yeah. That was yeah, just yeah. how many lifeboats they had, but they didn't fill them to capacity. Blah, 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 blah. There's a bunch of stuff. Hmm. Um, 385 crew members went down with the ship and 832 passengers perished. Ooh. 76% of those passengers were third class passengers. Of everyone that went down when the boat sank, they only recovered 300 and 333 bodies from the ocean when the rescue crew showed up. Mm-hmm. 119 were taken to New York and 209 were taken to Halifax, Nova Scotia, where they ended up at Jon Snow's funeral home. Oh. Some of them did. Uh, there's also 119 plus 209 does not equal 333. I oh, think some people they buried at sea. Maybe there were some survivors or they buried people at sea. Like I don't know. I think there's five people missing from that math problem. <laughs> but we know that Rose survived. So. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> anyway, so look, there's Titanic I- victims at the funeral <laughs> home now. Okay, Very fine. <laughs> it's like, okay, I think I've said this before, but there was like on the anniversary of the Titanic, I watched some like History Channel <laughs> yes. documentary. And every time it came back from commercials, it was like, and was Jack Dawson an actual person on the boat? And I was just like, is there someone that's watching this that thinks Rose and Jack are real? Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. Anyway. A lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) What about the heart of the ocean? Was that what the stone's called? Anyway. Yes. (laughs) You know it. Don't pretend you don't. I said it and then I had some second thoughts. Yeah. Well, it's in the ocean now. Don't they check it back? Yeah. She does. (gasps) It's a noise she makes. Like, she doesn't mean to do it. Like, it's this big thing. Does she do it as, like... Old lady. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So, um, I would do the same thing. If James Cameron was looking for a diamond <laughs> all the way at the bottom of the ocean, and I had it on me, and he finished his investigation, I'd throw that shit in the ocean. <laughs> Did you know the... I think it was James Cameron with the Titanic. The only reason they gave him money to find the Titanic was if he also used his little submarine technology to find the... Mm-hmm. Louisitania. Oh yeah, yeah. The government wanted to know if there was still ammunition on it, mm-hmm. and I think there is. Yeah. Anyway, it's a bomb on the ocean. Speaking of that, um, Archduke <laughs> Franz Ferdinand was assassinated on June twenty eighth, nineteen fourteen, just like three months after the Titanic sank. What? Wow. Did you think about that? No. <laughs> I never put timelines together like that. We had this conversation yeah. before with I think it was Lutherans and something else was happening, and I was yeah. like. What? Yeah. Like, I don't connect you those think two them, things. Like, to very separate. Yeah. What? Right? <laughs> wow. I know. It's weird because you think about the Titanic and you're like, yeah, 1914. And then it's like, oh, wait, that's also when World War II. When did World War One start? Yeah. <laughs> Three wow. months later. Wow. So this kicked off the First World War. Um, if anyone doesn't know anything about Canadian history, Canada was part of the British Empire, so we also went to war. Sure did. Right away. Not like some other countries that waited like three years until it was almost over and then joined. Anyway, uh, the Halifax Dockyard, previously <laughs> a British Royal Navy base, had become the command center of the Royal Canadian Navy. And with the war on, the population of Halifax um, and the kind of, there's another area just across the water called Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, they had kind of increased to 65. Myth. Dart- Sorry. Dartmouth. Uh, it increased to 65,000 people by 1917. So there's a lot of activity going on around that area. Lots of stuff mm-hmm. shipping out. Lots of soldiers coming in. A bunch of stuff. So the Halifax Dartmouth Harbor was a very, very busy place at this time. Um, 
the allies had all instituted a convoy system so any ship going across the atlantic had to go like together in a big group Mm -hmm. to keep them safe from german u-boat attacks um there was constantly like ships going out shipping men shipping animals shipping supplies over Mm -hmm. to europe there's also all these convoys are protected by British cruisers and destroyers. So there's just a bunch of British military ships just hanging around waiting for ships and going yeah. back and forth. Um, and Halifax had opened a new military hospital at this time. So there's a whole bunch of hospital ships bringing back wounded soldiers from Europe oh, too. Sounds busy. So there's just lots and lots of stuff happening. Yeah. Um, the merchant ships gathered at Bedford Basin on the northwest end of the harbor, which was protected by two sets of anti-submarine nets and guarded by Royal Canadian Navy patrol ships. I don't fully understand what an anti-submarine net does or is. I tried to look it up on Wikipedia, and it only came up with a picture of anti-submarine nets in Halifax in 1917 and no explanation as to how they worked, what they did. I don't know what they are. (laughs) They're just nets. They're just nets. (laughs) Somebody would come up to and be like, well, we can't go through that. (laughs) I think the idea was that it would, like, because like propellers and things could yeah. get like caught God. in it and like so it's it just a deterrent coat like yeah i think it's like more of a deterrent but also they would have to go through it so there would be like buoys on the top so if something was pushing it then those things move and now you can ah, tell that something's there underwater so it's like a, a shark <laughs> exactly in halifax yeah uh, <laughs> my second random it's, sidebar. It's a shark in like a little like rain jet, like a yellow <laughs> rain jet. <laughs> yeah. uh, second random sidebar of this episode. Uh, famous uh, group of seven painter Arthur Lismer has a painting um, from this time that is the RMS Olympic uh, in Dazzle at the Halifax Harbor. And it, at the RMS Olympic was, um, first of all, after the Titanic tank, it was once again the biggest ship in the world. And then the Queen Mary got made, and then that was the biggest ship mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, but they paint, painted it with that dazzle paint, which mm-hmm. I think we talked about in the last in the Queen yeah, Mary the, yeah. one. So if you want to know what that looks like, there's a painting of it at the Halifax Harbor. Hmm. I'll show you after. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, so on December 3rd, 1917, the Norwegian ship... I like ship the word dazzle. Dazzle. <laughs> painted <Razzle> in dazzle. dazzle. <laughs> yeah, jazz hands. Yeah. That's what that... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Norwegian ship SS Imo arrived in Halifax for an inspection before it was going to sail to New York. Uh, it was given clearance to leave the port on December 5th, but it was still trying to refuel the coal it needed to power the ship and wasn't able to leave before the anti-submarine netting was raised. So it had to wait till the next morning. It stuck mm-hmm. there. It also can't get through the netting. So I guess the netting's also above water too. <laughs> no, well, the ship goes below water. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no. Why am I being so logical today? <laughs> just, just hovers. But I thought they'd be like, like way a pontoon. Below. No, but again, it, they have the things that are some, like... All right, fair. <laughs> I, Listen here. <laughs> talking like you know boats. So I... I'm afraid of them. <laughs> well, you get to I know only... what you're scared of. You know, like you gotta study you're like it. Batman of boats. Like you have to become. You're like boatman. Oh god, boatman. What is my costume? A tugboat. I was gonna. I was gonna say the the like. like Overalls that have the boots attached to the bottom. Are they like wait waiters? waiters? Yeah. <laughs> like to announce my presence. Yeah. Uba. <laughs> what was that? It's Pope Man. 
we're not alone. <laughs> oh goodness, Shit. we've All lost right. our way. I'm sorry. <laughs> so while so while the waiting S- for the nets, while the SS Imo was stuck because of the nets, a French cargo <laughs> ship called the SS Mont Blanc had arrived at New York, and it's going to head up to Halifax to join a convoy going across to Europe. The Mont Blanc is full of explosives. Absolutely. It Uh-oh. has TNT, uh, pic- picric acid, also known as TNP, yep. uh, gun cotton, and the highly flammable fuel, benzyl. So it's just full of explosives. Yep. Hopefully like, it doesn't full. hit anything. <laughs> uh. Quote, navigating into the Bedford Basin requires passage through a state called, straight state, straight called the Narrows. It's going to go on land. <laughs> yeah. Through a state. Um, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> Navigate through a strait called the Narrows. Ships were expected to keep close to the side of the channel situated on their starboard or right side and pass oncoming vessels port to port. Otherwise keeping on the yeah. left of each other. Uh, there's also a speed limit of five knots or 9.3 kilometers per hour. I didn't write that down in miles, but whatever. It's pretty slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the morning of December 6th, the IMO was given clearance to leave and sailed into the street, quote, above the speed limit, hoping to make up for lost time because it was supposed to leave on the 5th and it got stuck there. Um Nets. As it left, it encountered the American ship, the SS Clara, quote, being piloted on the wrong side of the harbor. Uh, both ships... So everyone's at fault. ...agreed to pass starboard to starboard, which is not what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to go port to port. Uh, soon after, tugboat Stella Marie, I guess, or it's Maris, I don't know, encountered the IMO approaching at excessive speed on the wrong side of the channel. The tugboat had to quickly maneuver out of the way to avoid a collision. So it's going fast, and now it's on the wrong side of the channel. So Francis, I think his last name is Mackie, M-A-C-K-E-Y, mm-hmm. Mackie. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's a harbor pilot. I don't know if you either of you know what a harbor pilot is. You know what a harbor pilot is? Boat expert? No, I don't. <laughs> so um, there are people that work at harbors, and their entire job is they just board ships while they're, like, further out from the harbor, and they drive the boat through oh. the strait to the harbor and then they get off and they'll drive another boat back the other way like right, that's because they, they just know the yeah they're just really well. experts yeah. at navigating it so he boards the mount blanc on december 5th and he's driving it up to get into the halifax harbor um so he's only on the boat just to do this one thing um and when he got on he they told him that it was full of explosives and he asked if they were like secure and the crew was like no no <laughs> they're there we don't know um anyway so he's driving up through the strait and at 7 30 a.m on december 6th uh he spots the imo headed right for mont blanc uh when he sees it it's about 1.21 kilometers away and heading towards the mount Blanc, quote as if to cut him off so it's heading right at his ship uh, he Mackie gave a short blast of the ship's signal whistle to indicate that he had the right of way, but was met by two short blasts from the IMO, indicating that <laughs> no, the approaching not. vessel would not yield its position. What is wrong with this boat? Uh, and so everyone on the Mount Block at this point is like, holy fuck, this boat's not, like, it's going to drive right at us, and we know we have not secure explosions on board this ship, so they're freaking out. Uh, the captain of the Mount Blanc orders to halt her engines and angle slightly to starboard, closer to the dart Dartmouth side of the Narrows. Um, mm-hmm. He let out a single blast of the whistle, hoping the other vessel would likewise move starboard, but was again met by the double blasts. 
Wow. So the IMO is just like, no, we're Coming fucking going. Through. Maybe they couldn't stop. I don't know. I didn't see that anywhere, but I wonder if they're like going so fast that they're just so it was like, like speed two. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cruise control or whatever. It's <laughs> There's a bomb on this boat. <laughs> At this point, sailors nearby. Uh, I mean, sailors a bomb on, on the other boat. Yeah, there is. There's a bomb <laughs> on the other the boat. Twist. <laughs> That's the twist of the movie. Sailors. Holy shit. Sorry, there's like a full storm happening yeah, It said it was going to start raining at 2, which <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it's 155. <laughs> it's the <laughs> Oh my God, it's just coming down. Um, sailors on nearby ships heard the series of signals and realized that two boats were about to collide. So now they're all just standing on their ships watching these two boats. Like there's nothing they can do. No, but... <laughs> just like eating like snacks. Yeah. Shit. At this point, both ships had cut their engines uh, but the momentum was still, they were still moving. So the engines are off, but they're still moving towards each other. Unable to ground his ship for fear that the shock would set off the explosive cargo, uh, Mackie ordered Mount Blanc to steer hard to port and cross the bow of the IMO, making a second or a last minute bid to avoid collision. So he's hoping the boat's going to come like this and he's going to be able to go like, yeah, move past it. Uh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, the two ships were almost parallel to each other when the IMO suddenly sent out three sig- a three-signal blast, indicating the ship was reversing its engines. The combination of the cargo-less ship's height, so the IMO doesn't have anything yeah. on board right now, um, and the, the reverse thrust of it suddenly deciding to reverse <laughs> uh, meant that the right-hand propeller caused the ship to, ship's head to swing right into the Mount Blanc. The, the collision fuck? occurred at 8.45 a.m. The damage to the Mount Blanc was not severe, but barrels of deck cargo toppled and broke open, and this flooded the deck with benzol that quickly flowed into the hold. The IMO's engines then kicked in. She disengaged and created sparks inside the Mount Blanc's hull, which is filled with benzol, and these ignited the vapors, and now the Mount Blanc is on fire, still full of TNT and other explosives. Oh, my God. Um, so the Abandoned entire ship. it's just there's like black smoke billowing out of the ship yeah. and the crew of the Mount Blanc immediately abandoned their ship yeah. yeah they're the only people that know that there's explosion explosives on the ship and yeah. they are just they're off <laughs> they're gone Literally jumping into the water yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point the noise of these ships the horns and the crash and everything um, has gathered a crowd of Halifax citizens peering <laughs> out the windows of their homes and businesses and gathered around the docks watching what's happening with these ships yeah um, the tugboat from previously, the Stella Marie, rushed towards the Mount Block thinking it was just a ship on fire and was going to help put out the flames. So it's there trying to put out the flames. Meanwhile, the Mount Block is slowly drifting towards the shore until it beached itself at Pier 6 at the foot of Richmond Street. So it just slowly was <laughs> like, just think about it just like sitting at Lonsdale Key. Yeah. yeah. It is really. Or at the sea bus. Yeah. Like, I haven't been to Halifax, but I'm assuming that they said the foot of Richmond Street. Like, this is it's a populated area. Yeah. It looks like, when I was there, it looks like you're at the key. Like, yeah. that's okay. how it feels. It's a little market there. There's, like, houses and buildings all around. And there's, like, a big hill that goes. Yeah. yeah. So, the captain on board the tugboat, Horatio H. Brennan and his crew, they're trying to foot out the fire. They realize it's not working, but they're joined by other ships. A whaler ship called the HMS High Flyer. And another... Uh, a steamer ship called the HMCS Niobe, mm-hmm. I think. Um, they realize that they can't put out the fire, and so they decide they're just going to pull the ship away from the, the pier. Yeah. So they're trying to h- 
attach these ropes to it to pull it away because they're like at least if it burns it's not going to be near the freaking civilization like we'll pull it out to the ocean while this is all happening the crew of the mount blanc are in lifeboats screaming at the top of their lungs to get away from the ship because it's full of explosives but no one can hear them over themselves screaming at each other about what to do with the boat the noise fire everything and it's at this point that the ship explodes just boom and they haven't moved it. They haven't nope. moved it. Ah. It is 9.04 a.m. The blast releasing... <laughs> Good morning! <laughs> yeah, right? The blast released the equivalent energy of roughly 2.9 kilotons of TNT. The Mount Blanc was completely blown apart. And it's a big... It would have been a big ship. Yeah. It's completely gone. <laughs> a powerful blast wave radiated away from the explosion initially at more than 1,000 meters per second. Temperatures of 5,000 degrees Celsius... Oh. Or 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And pressures of thousands of atmospheres accompanied the moment of the detonation at the center of the explosion. (laughs) Oh, my God. White hot iron shards fell down upon Halifax and Dartmouth. The Mont Blanc's forward 9-millimeter gun, because it's uh, wartime, uh, it landed 5.6 kilometers away from the blast site. (laughs) And And there it stayed. (laughs) And a shank from its anchor wing half a ton landed 3.2 kilometers south. So that wow. ship just moved. That's up. far. A cloud of white smoke rose at least 3,600 meters or 11,800 feet into the air. The blast was felt as far as Cape Breton and Prince Edward Island, which is pretty far away. It's very far away. An area of over 160 hectares uh, was completely destroyed by the explosion. The harbor floor was momentarily expo- exposed when the boat went up. What? Literally all the water oh just like, like went up movie. with it, <laughs> which resulted in a tsunami that then went towards the shore because it went yeah. to like... Yeah. So if you didn't die the from the explosion. Yep. Well, it put out all the fire. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. So a su- tsunami is now headed towards Dar- Darmouth. So Halifax, I think, got the like the blast, the blast, and then Dartmouth got a tsunami. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, at the time of the explosion, everyone but one guy on the whaler ship, uh, and everyone on the 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 steamer, the Niobe ship, and twenty one of the twenty six guys on the tugboat all died. Whoa. Yeah. Everyone except Holy. for one guy on the Mount Blanc crew because they fucking bailed. Uh, they all they all lived. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the one guy, but yeah, yeah. Um, over one thousand six hundred people were killed instantly. Nine thousand people were injured. Three hundred of whom later died. Every building within a two point six kilometer radius, over twelve thousand in total, were destroyed or badly damaged. Hundreds of people who had been watching the fire from their homes were blinded when the ship exploded, <laughs> like permanently. Yep. Mm-hmm. Other houses, like um, kind of in the area, like. Like, it was like an earthquake. Yeah. Their shit fell over, stuff fell over. Um, there's, uh, this can go back a little bit, but um, during the American Revolutionary War, the British had a bunch of black soldiers in yeah. their army, and when they lost and America won, and they were still, like, freaking slave crazy, they sent those uh, black soldiers to Nova Scotia and set up a town that was called Africaville. A bunch of their houses just in the earthquake just collapsed. And that's actually kind of what led to the the end of Africaville because people were fucking crazy racist at this time and they didn't help them rebuild their houses. 
So wow. But that's how like it just it shook everything. I know it's not great. Holy shit! Oh, don't even get started. Oh my god, it's the first I've ever heard of that. Um, people that were watching the explosion, that like the people that were hanging out their windows and everything, a bunch of them died. Like there's like a quote from a firefighter of just like dead bodies hanging out of windows and stuff oh like that. God. Like it was like I don't even a understand. Bomb I don't even understand <laughs> like, why this happened. Like there were so many moments where they should have yeah, failed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like or like just driven their ships properly, yeah. or well, not the not the one's fault, but yeah. Yeah, it's it was brutal. Absolutely it's insane. Brutal. It might be one of the worst things that's like in times that like a wartime war. explosion yeah. related thing in Canada. It's probably the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah, for sure. It was insane. And there's a picture of like what the harbor looked like after the it's it is decimated. Yeah, there's a I don't. Are you gonna get into some of the after stories? Yeah. Okay, I'll stop talking then. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my bonus one. If you want to share it now, you can share it. No, is it the window one? Yeah. Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll talk about the end. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna ruin it for me. No, it wasn't a ruin. <laughs> so I went to ruin it. Once again, <laughs> Jon Snow's funeral home played its part in Man, dealing with this tragedy. Are we looking into Jon Snow? This guy's cashing <laughs> in. Yeah. Fucking Titanic uh, sinks. There's a photo which we can put on instagram and stuff like that of the the funeral home at this time and it has rows and rows of coffins in front of it like coffins stacked on top of each other Yikes. waiting for like like they're gonna like put a body and like drink like it's, yeah you know they're not there's no bodies in the coffins i hope i'm assuming they're just waiting for them to put a body in them yeah but yeah a lot of people died yeah it's crazy that's well it's interesting because like think of vancouver or um cities that are built around ports mm-hmm. uh their oldest buildings are along the water right because yeah. that's where you establish yeah everything you want right it to be close exactly it starts at the water closest yeah. to the port and then spans outwards as your population grows and the yeah. further away you get the newer the buildings are but yeah. in halifax it's all it's like vancouver where it's there's nothing very old near the water yeah. everything's fairly because well, everything quote unquote yep. loaded yeah, yeah. Uh, so these are the two the titanic sinking and this explosion are the two big things that the funeral home had to deal with apart from yeah. just you know just normal citizens dying of old age and stuff one, like that like, john yeah <laughs> um the funeral home eventually closed and the building served a couple different purposes over the next whatever years and years and years um but in 1975 it was completely refurbished and opened its doors as the five fishermen a seafood restaurant oh and it is super crazy haunted. It's been yeah. on Creepy Canada and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, this is from the Five Fishermen Restaurant's website about the creepy stuff that have happened inside their restaurant. So wow. staff at the restaurant are so used to odd occurrences that they wouldn't even bat an eye when a glass flies off a shelf with no one near or when cutler in a table shifts and falls to the floor by itself. There are many sinks in the building. And with so many sinks comes many taps, taps that like to turn themselves on and off with no human assistance. One server related a story of being there late at night, and he was sure he was the only one left in the dining room. As he was checking the lights near the salad bar, he heard someone go through the swinging doors leading down to the kitchen. He turned quickly enough to see the doors swing shut, but on further inspection, he could see no other human presence. Mm -hmm. Another waitress tells of being there late at night. As she uh, nears this grand stairwell that leads down to the matri- maitre d' stand. I've never actually seen that word spelled. I didn't realize it was like apostrophe D. Like the D is literally maitre just the letter D. D. Um, she sees a gray apparition, a fog-like mass moving down the staircase. She chooses not to linger. 
Well, yeah. Many staff members can relate. <laughs> what is that, fog? <laughs> uh, many staff members can relate to you the feeling of passing through cold air pockets on the warmest, warmest of nights or the sensation of what it feels like to have a spirit move through you. Nor is it uncommon to hear voices, especially your name being whispered out, <laughs> even called out when there's no one else around. I looked at her. I was like, don't fucking do it. <laughs> Uh, in the middle of one busy night, a server was using a credit card machine when he felt a tap on his shoulder. Trying to finish what he was doing before turning to respond, he felt a second tap. What? He turned impatiently to find no one there. <laughs> Again, behind the salad bar. Um, <laughs> Ghosts love salad. <laughs> <laughs> the five fishermen has a private room commonly referred to the as to as the PR by the staff who worked there. One night after all the customers had left, a waiter passed the PR and heard two people arguing. The voices of a man and a woman, he says. When he went to investigate the commotion, the voices stopped. The captain's quarters uh, was empty, so that's a PR room. Mm -hmm. It was empty. On another occasion, a server, the last in the building, was locking the door and turning out the lights. When she approached the PR, she noticed someone enter it. Relieved that she had not locked the sole remaining customer into the building for the night, she entered and checked it thoroughly and found the room completely empty. Ooh. How odd, considering that the entrance is also the only exit. Hmm. Spooky stuff. That's mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, yep. I bet that building's haunted. Yep. There's more. People at three in the afternoon, the get at the salad bar. Um, yeah. Salad bar doors is like the hell mouth. That would be like the ghost, yeah, the ghost adventures episode where they've got like the the meter and just yeah, spikes, spikes at the, at the salad, salad bar. <laughs> Zach gets scratched or something. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of lettuce moves. So, um, oh my God. so another waiter that Aaron. heard a loud crash, but because his hands are full, <laughs> he could do nothing about it. Upon returning uh, for the next load of stuff to carry out, he decided to investigate the noise he heard. When he looked around the corner of the bar, he found several pieces of an ashtray on the floor bent down to retrieve the pieces and when he stood up he was looking directly into a mirror and in the mirror he could see the reflection of an old man walking away from him Ooh. down the aisle he was tall with long gray hair and was wearing a long black coat that seemed to be from another time startled for he was sure he was the only person in the restaurant he turned to see who it could be and there was no one there <gasps> when he turned back to the mirror the image had disappeared right <laughs> <laughs> the faces were so good I don't like that at all <laughs> 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 several years later the assistant manager was having a conversation with the customer on the phone at the station across from the salad bar again <laughs> the fucking salad bar <laughs> i didn't expect so much salad bar talk through this. Uh, he was the only one in the dining room at one point he saw an elderly man standing on the landing below excuse me sir i'll be right with you after he finished his conversation he went to see how he could help this gentleman but couldn't find him anywhere he wasn't on the landing and he wasn't in the foyer below he checked the doors and they were locked so there was no way anyone could have gotten in Later this e later on that evening, he described his odd experience to his, uh, some of his fellow staff members. One of them was the same young man from the previous, the mirror incident. Um, they described it. It's the same guy that they both saw. There's wow. a lot. It's you know, crazy. old people do love a salad bar. They do. <laughs> Most of these occurrences <laughs> seem to happen before the restaurant opens or after it closes, when there are a few people about, but not always. This final story took place in the middle of a busy night. A this hostess. This is all off of the website. Like, this is all okay. on the Five Fishermen website. 
So this is like from the source. Um, there's a really fun CBC article for this thing that said like, "Come eat with ghosts." <laughs> like, sure. they embrace it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go there when I was there. I missed that. A hostess when did it open in 1975. Ooh. So it would have been there. It's still yeah, open. It really should have been there. A hostess was in the process of showing a young couple to their table when she stopped at the salad bar to explain its offerings. <laughs> Suddenly, she I felt think they're pushing the salad bar. <laughs> Oh, by the way, we have a salad bar. Do you like salad? I don't know if you heard, but there's a salad bar. The five fish got red lettuce. We got really nice leafy lettuce. We got some tomatoes. We got a ghost. Straight we got... from the source. <laughs> yeah. When I read this originally, we'll and was like, this will be a good episode. I didn't realize all the salad bar was the, the hot spot. It's like the closet and the poltergeist. material. Yeah. Uh, suddenly she felt a hand brush against the side of her face but when she glanced around she could detect no cause for it she finished sitting the couple and upon returning to the hostess stand the maitre d' asked what happened to your face there was a red handprint on her cheek as if she had been slapped though if you ask her it was not nothing so violent in fact the antics that had occurred at the five fishermen restaurant seemed to be just that mischievous maybe unable to ignore but in the end harmless <laughs> do you want to do the window story I have it as a okay, bonus one all right so this is, it's a really interesting, like the picture is very weird looking. I feel like the salad bar. it no, does not have to do It's a different location. So oh. they're like how I said at the beginning, the parishioners of the St. Paul's church. It's yeah. like the minute the, um, like the British established Halifax as its own like city port, whatever, they built yeah. an Anglican church there, which is St. Paul's church. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time of the explosion, the, the ship explosion, According to legend, evangelical evangelical Anglican um, church, the uh, pastor the pastor was standing on the second floor window. Mm-hmm. The story goes that the heat and power of the explosion broke the window in the shape of the clergyman, and that he was blowing through the window. His profile is forever etched into the glass as a haunting silhouette. Some say that even if the window is replaced, the silhouette will come back, and that the reflection of the deacon returns to watch over the town. Hmm. So. Yeah, you can, like, see him standing in the window. Wow. Anyway. It's creepy. It's yeah. creepy. It's a really old town, and it's a really... I mean, the the That's Titanic cool. is kind of, like, just a... You know, oh, the Titanic is <laughs> <Some> tragic. <spice. laughs> but it's interesting that they, like... I, I mean, mean, they they were used to it, too. Like I said, I've, I think I've told the story on this podcast even before, but, like, me in Halifax deciding if I was going to take the boat to... St. John's, Newfoundland, and going to buy my ticket in the place where you buy your tickets, kind of like, like a harbor, like a, mm-hmm. it, yeah, like yeah. a train station, bus station, yeah. boat harbor. station. Yeah. 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 And there was harbor like a station. gift shop and we were waiting for the ticket booth to open. I went into the gift shop and right next to the cash register was like top 10 shipwrecks off the coast of yeah. <laughs> Halifax. Number one was the Titanic and it was like postcards and number one was the Titanic. Uh. It was all sold out and then they had all of the other ones of all the ships that have been wrecked off the coast and I was like no yeah <laughs> not going yeah and it is this and, is the sign yeah needed. it is i think when you watch the titanic movie as well i mean like the ocean not to be creepy but the oceans are very very big but when you actually look at a map of where it went down it's really close really to close. new york and newfoundland yeah. and Halifax. they almost it's made it so close but there's a lot of icebergs there i didn't yeah. know that you think like you when you think, you think about they're it, like in the middle yeah, of the atlantic like where atlantis That's what is i was theoretically supposed to be no Go they're like Jules. really <laughs> close <laughs> i just assumed it was in atlantis i don't know why i'm just this like is a, what my mood is telling me today 
Um, <laughs> yeah. That was a good one, Allison. That's good. It's creepy. That's a crazy story. Yep. Anyway, if you're in Atlantic Canada, you can go to the Five Fishermen and maybe see some ghosts. That would be cool. There's the coffin picture. Does anyone else want oh. a salad? See what I mean? Yeah. I just pictured like a really like, you know, those shots where it's like in mirrors or something like that um, in horror movies, but it's just like, it's like a, a handprint like appears or something or like a mm-hmm. face appears, but it's like on the like sneeze guard. Or just go sneeze. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> we'll post pictures on our Instagram, so go check those out if you want to see some pictures of old, old Halifax. Would a, ghost, would a ghost sneeze be ectoplasm? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, if Slimer has taught us yeah, anything. Yeah, I was going to say that. Oh, okay. That's the painting? Yeah. Okay. I'll cut this out, but that's the, the mm-hmm. Cooper 7 one. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Razzle-dazzle. And you can see, like, people just, like, milling about the harbor. Like, it must have been like that one. Oh, yeah, like a promenade like, type. Yeah. Yeah. People just wander down there. Something to do when there was nothing to yeah, do. Yeah. And then just on that one day, a bunch oh. of people got evaporated. Don't stop and look at a ship on fire. That's the lesson yeah. that we learned. If a ship's yeah. on fire, leave. Leave. Very fast. Unless you're firemen and you're trying to put out the fire. <laughs> then maybe stay. <laughs> Otherwise, just go. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't. I never that. understand yeah. those things where, like, something's going on and people just, like, go towards it. Like, something dangerous. Yeah. And they just, like, crowd around. Like, I'm like, I what are that you habit. doing? I always do. I want to see, but I don't want to see close. Like... I don't I have like a, go I have towards a it. Hero complex in that way where somehow my brain thinks it can help. Oh. Like I'm going to do something that's going to matter in that moment. And I always forget that I'm pretty useless <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to help a situation. But there's a morality thing where I'm like, if I leave, I feel guilt. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I could help? What if mm. I do that thing that helps somebody. <laughs> well, that's when you become boatman. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for my listening, time guys. has come. <laughs> Check out our Instagram. I'll post what my costumes look like. <laughs> and our Facebook. And we'll see you next week. Okay, bye. 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 Boatman. <laughs>